Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Overdressed and Underqualified, the podcast where we talk about first job stuff and all the latest happenings in the business world. I'm your host, Olivia Miller, here today with a few stand-up young professionals, as well as my pals, Braden Baldwin, Kyle Berenger, and Luke Labus. We're all in for a special episode today as Braden, Kyle, and Luke share their personal experiences with the uncertain job market in the midst of a pandemic. COVID-19 has brought a nuance of uncertainties to the world, and we at Overdressed and Underqualified want our listeners to know we are here for you and you are not alone. Huge thanks to our guests today. Hope you enjoy. I currently work at Mandolin, which is a live concert streaming platform. Uh, It got started about two months ago from now, so it's the end of July. I joined the team about two and a half weeks ago. Um, While I was furloughed, I did some contracting work for a health benefits advisory company called First Person. I did some marketing contracting work there. Before I was furloughed, I was working for car auction services, but specifically their subsidiary trade rev. And I was for load at the very beginning of April. So basically like two weeks right after everything hit is when I was for load. I'm Kyle Beringer and I currently work at 24 hour dental management as a systems and applications developer. Our business is essentially responsible for managing dental locations. We currently have three, and two of them are focused on just having extended hours for more so emergency type services. And then we have another location in Arizona for um, specializing in dentures and implants. And I'm essentially helping maintain the infrastructure and technology within their offices um, and help get them the technology they need. But for the three months that, that I was unemployed, I did have, I'd say about a third of that time was spent on contract work just with the mutual connection that I had to keep me busy as as a software developer to help build build an app. But before that, I was a software engineer at Lumivate, um, where my time there ended at the end of March. Luckily, I got th- that experience to help get me the contract work when I was laid off. When it first happened, I didn't know what to think. I was so caught off guard, but in some sense almost expecting it, that it didn't really hit me that it happened for a few weeks. I just had a lot of time where it's, I, I couldn't tell if it was reality or not. Um, but then it really settled in when I got deep into the job search and I'm like, all right, this, this is where I'm at right now. Um, and that's when it kind of settled in for me. My first thought, and I was for load. So I was in the spot of, we're going to have to let you go for the time being, but we're hoping to bring you back. And they did say that too. There wasn't just any assumption there. They, they really did say, we're hoping we can bring people back. When I first heard it, I I had kind of prepared myself for it because the prior week, the CEO had sent out a video to the whole company and had said like, hey, look, this is going to happen due to what's happening in the world right now. We can't afford to have all the employees that we have right now. The company I was at, it had roughly 15,000 people globally, I believe. So it was, I mean, it hit the company huge and it was a very transactional company. So it, it was all taken away because of that. But yeah, so I had kind of prepared myself and and once it all happened, I just kind of looked at the situation. I said, look, like it, it kind of sucks that I'm out of a job right now, but there's an opportunity ahead of me to make the most of this, to learn from it and to come out the other end stronger and hopefully find something that you know, I really enjoy and love to do full time. And so I definitely started out more optimistically. I, I think as 
many of us, we probably were a bit optimistic at first, and then we actually realized what looking for a job was like during all of this. And we're like, oh, this is going to take a little bit more work than it would have not being a pandemic because the job market and the job availability was just not there and still hasn't recovered. Yeah, I can I can speak to that one. My lowest point was most notably probably about two months in to being laid off. It was right around the time that I'd really gotten to a rhythm of applying to a lot of jobs. I had a ton of applications out there. I was applying for software engineering jobs because it's it's kind of where my head was at and what I thought I wanted to do. But some applications would take five or 10 minutes. Some would take four to eight hours before I, I could even get a phone call because there's technical pre-screenings that you have to do for software engineering positions. And when I do 10 or 15 of these in a week and I can't even get a phone call, in addition to being quarantined and locked in home and not leaving the house, it just, there were times that it really sucked. And I, I would wake up in the morning and I wouldn't want to get out of bed and I didn't want to do anything. And I just wanted to stop everything. But then with all that in mind, there were still days where it's just, I would have a rough patch of that for maybe three days. Um, but then I wake up the next morning and, you know, I'm going to get, get things back together and just have a good day, maybe have a good next week. You know, it's kind of on that cadence for three months of just ups and downs. And that, that was also right around the time that I got that contract work that I mentioned before that kind of was a good pickup for me to keep me busy, have some income and not worry about searching for a job quite as much. For me, I would say there is more of an, an acute low point, and then there was kind of the the, the long standing, a little bit more. Um, it's just like the just being w- worn out, you know. Um, the acute, like the the one time, like lowest point was definitely like just a night where like everything seemed like it was going wrong. Like I was trying to transfer my finances to make them a little bit more easier in different ways, and that was giving me some trouble. I was getting on Zoom calls with people that. I didn't necessarily want to be with and that kind of darkened my mood. And then just one thing led to another, it kind of stumbled down. It was just like, and I don't have a job, you know, like, so it all just kind of all at once hit me. And I got really lucky because that night out of the blue, my, my friends from college ended up calling me and we got on a different Zoom chat that was totally different and just really uplifting and reminded me that, you know, there's still good people in this world. You got to lean on like your friends and family when you are getting to those dark places which is really, really great. Um, so luckily, I didn't, I didn't end up in that place for long. But uh, and that was maybe like two weeks after the initial furlough, maybe two months after getting furloughed, uh, you get in the rhythm of just applying and applying to I think I applied to over 50 different jobs. And eventually, it's just like, well, I applied, I got denied, I applied, made it the first round, got denied. And just that happened so many times over and over. It just was like, well, dang, like, what's the point if I can't even get past like any of these screenings, right? Um, it was it was definitely demotivating for me for a little bit, which was it was kind of difficult. But, you know, there's always that one company or that one person, that one interview that goes really, really well and your help, your hope gets restored. So, I mean, that's what I was looking for. I had a couple of those come up and it really kind of reinvigorated my search. And I was lucky I had that. But yeah, I'd say there's two types of, of getting worn out. There's like the real quick right after and then a resurgence of, of energy. But then a while it tends to tail off for me at least 
I think that is the one thing we all have in common, though, is that like I was in a lucky situation where I had quick turnarounds before like my contracting job and then from my contracting job to my full time job. But I didn't have a single phone call set up or get contacted about a single phone call or interview by the applications that I sent. And I think that's just a commonality with most people that got furloughed during this time, too. It's just like, I'm sure companies are getting so many applications right now from people who are displaced and furloughed or laid off. But yeah, it's it's just like tough waters out there. And honestly, like looking back, I was like, oh, I don't feel like I really hit a low moment. But like to know like that your resume wasn't good enough to at least get a phone call is definitely a, a little just like, man, like what could I have done better? What could I have done differently? It takes a hit on your like self-esteem a little. And and right now we're all like, you know, we're we're back in full-time roles now. So we're all it, all it is now is looking back on the past, but it's definitely like, it's one of those, what if, like, w- like what could I have done differently? What would have made the difference? I don't know. Yeah. For me, uh, in order to stay, to stay in the game, if you will, I definitely would recommend uh, creating a plan for me. I, I really enjoy structure in my life. So I kind of sat down and, and looked at structuring my, my days in a way that would be productive. And being productive doesn't mean working all the time. I think it's really important to remember that because, you, like I said maybe before, um, there's so many pillars of your life. There's your physical health. There's your mental health. There's your spiritual health. And you know when something bad like this, it could shock any one of those. Um, and sometimes you overcompensate and forget that as human beings, we're, we're so much more than just a job. So for me, I created a plan that was definitely holistic and balanced. And, you know, I would wake up every day and, and make, I would work out every day. I'd go do yoga outside or I'd go on a bike ride or go lift some weights uh, to continue to stay physically motivated. You know, I would, I would cut out time a couple hours a day to just, you know, grind through resume prep or grind through applying to jobs. And then, you know, I'd, I'd cut out time to also have fun to hang out with my roommates, hang out with, with some buddies or play some video games. So for me, it was... You know, creating a plan, but not not working all the time, but not doing nothing all the time either. It was it was about putting some structure in, but uh, re- remembering to uplift all the pillars of your life. Yeah, for for me, um, I mean, a lot of the people at our house had had moved home, uh, gone back home with their families. Um, so a lot of the time, it was just me and me and Luke here. And honestly, Luke, I don't know if I've told you yet you held me together, like just being able to see you throughout the day and, and hang out and talk a little bit, just because that it's honestly one of the darkest times of my life to be transparent. So it was just nice to have somebody around to talk to and know that we're going through this together. And that at the end of the day, we both talked about this a lot. Like at the end of the day, we recognize that we'll be okay. We'll make it through this, no matter how that looks like we'll be fine um, in the grand scheme of life. So that always kind of took the edge off for me to just not worry and stress too much about things, even though it still was a really difficult time altogether. I I would say try to introduce the elements of working in a real office to the virtual space. And obviously you can't go to someone's desk, but what you can do is throw a 10 or 15 minute Zoom call on their calendar and say, hey, I'm new here. I, you know, want to introduce myself, say, hey, learn a little bit about of each other. Like we're going to be working on teams together. So 
I'd like to just introduce myself. Doing things like that, almost that like quote unquote water cooler talk um, or like coffee pot talk or whatever you want to call it. Introducing those things because that's the biggest thing I miss about being in an office is like talking with a bunch of different people. That's personally what I thrive off of. So if you can make that a part of your daily routine while your routine while you're working remote, the I'll re-record that later. Then then that's that'll help you. Mine was definitely not just taking a job because I got a job offer. I had started getting to that point um, where I just thought, okay, whatever falls on my plate next, I'm just going to take. And I I don't know if in reality I would have done that with just any job. I started getting, I was a little bit picky during the job search with what I was searching for because I saw it as an opportunity for my next step and what I want. But then really just the right thing is what fell on my plate right after that. I got reached out to about where I'm at now, 24-hour dental management speaking with the CEO and a couple employees there, some four fellow alumni, it just sounded like the next step for my career and a place that I could grow a lot as a technical individual, but also still being somewhat customer and client facing to the point that I would get a lot more of that business experience that, that we kind of seek. So yeah, definitely wasn't accepting just the first thing for me. Yeah, Kyle, I'm with you too. Um, I found the the position. Why well, I, I should say the the position found me through the network. I meant to say that earlier, but the network for me was key. And if if you're listening to this and you don't have a solid foundation of a network yet, start networking, start meeting people, because that was my saving grace through this whole process of being furloughed. Like that's why I had a contracting job within three weeks of being furloughed. That's why I had a full-time job within a week of finishing my contracting job. It was all because of the network. But when it came to accepting my, my full-time job, Kyle, like I was saying, I, I was with you in the, in the sense that I wasn't accepting the first thing that came my way. It just happened to be that this, this position kind of fell into my lap and it was kind of such a beautiful symbiotic relationship with my passion for music and the mission of the company being live concert streaming. So I was really excited about it and just put all of my focus into really honing in on my interview skills and making sure that I was communicating effectively what I could do for the company when it came down to it. And fortunately enough, that paid off. Yeah, I can't specifically relate to the pat like your passion with music as in a passion towards dental but the job description more so is what intrigued me i don't i don't know if i ever saw myself in like a dental type type world but so far i'm enjoying it a lot i don't know man you got pretty nice teeth so i feel like it fits pretty well it's fitting yeah i just bought a new electric toothbrush to keep ter- to take care of them better so i'm doing good work over here <laughs> <laughs> i think we all applied for it Uh, I ended up applying and getting a few weeks unemployment, but that was also right when um, I found some contract work. So I stopped filing because then I had income there. So I really didn't have much time without pay personally. But in that case, if, if, you know, I didn't have a savings or or any income, then the first thing I would have done is gone and gotten a job part-time somewhere just to have income. Because then there's to a point that you need that 
to live and you can't just sit there with, with no money if you can't afford it. Um, so that definitely would have been in the cards for me if I was in that situation. I think this is where it's funny how the universe works because I, out of all three of us, had the least amount of time being unemployed, but I also did not receive unemployment. So I find that kind of very awesome, though, in the sense, because it's like things just work out at the end of the day the way they're supposed to work out. Like I'm definitely an everything happens for a reason type of person um, and was, you know, like I said earlier, very fortunate to be in the boat where I found an opportunity quickly. Yeah. Like it was it unfortunate that like I, I got rejected early on and was not going knowing that I was not going to receive unemployment. Yes. Was it also a motivator to find something? Yes. So yeah, I just think it's kind of interesting how the world works sometimes in scenarios like that. Because there was so much unknown. There still is so much unknown. We could have been without jobs for six, 12 months. And just knowing with where you're, you're at financially, you need to be aware, okay, if I maintain this or if I get a part-time job or if I get a job at this time, what's going to happen? Where am I going to be uh, financially? Um, because there are, there are people that are going to be out of a job for that long. Uh, it, it's unfortunate to say in here, you don't want that to happen, but you got to know where you're at with that sort of thing in finances. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing that I learned was continuing to set personal goals for yourself. Uh, it's really easy when you get into the swing of things working full time just to get focused on what you're doing there. Uh, because, you know, I think a part of our American culture is like, you know, we want to get a good job. And then in that good job, we want to be successful and we want to make a lot of money and we want to be able to afford the things that we want to afford in life. And your your personal life maybe not so much your social life, but your, your personal life and your personal development may take a hit in that. So I, I would at the start of each week set my personal goals for myself. So I would set my fitness goals. I would set my, um, I guess reading goals, what you could call it. I'm infamous for starting books and not finishing them. So it was like staying on top of that and making sure you're actually finishing a book and just other small things like that in my personal life that sometimes just get pushed off. I was able to focus on that because I had a lot more time to focus on that. It also allowed me to get in the mindset of taking each day for what it's worth and, and for what it is and not focusing too much on the future. Obviously, in order to accomplish a larger goal that's not going to be accomplished that day, you've got to do the things that day in order to progress uh, and eventually achieve that goal. So I really learned throughout the whole process just to live each day for what it is and knowing that you can only control that day to get super woke and philosophical on you guys. I honestly wish um, in the year prior that I would have done a little bit more skills development in the sense to add more things to my resume, be better at speaking about what I currently do. So something in addition to my work that helps contribute to my uh, productivity at work. I just realized that um, I was lacking in some areas of when I had certain interviews that, you know, if I just would have been a little bit more proactive in the last year, maybe I would have gone to next steps in some of these interviews. Um, I had essentially gotten comfortable and wished that I would have done more work outside of work to be proactive in that sense. I would... I, I would just go back to kind of what I said earlier is 
if you have a good network, tap into your network. If you don't have a network, start reaching out to people. Especially during this time, I've seen so many LinkedIn posts and professionals just being open to having a conversation and seeing HR professionals on LinkedIn saying, hey, we might not have a job open at our company right now, but we ourselves have a large network that we can tap into and try to find a position that's right for you for your skill set. So, so from that, just number one, again, tap into your network if you have it. Number two, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and create that network and find those mentors and find the opportunities through that. Just do your best to keep your head up and people need people. So just be in contact with someone, whatever that is. If you're just calling somebody once a day or if you're going to a park to see them, um, if you're if you're quarantined and can't see people, just do your best to talk to people. Because if you're down and low on yourself, then it's like other people can help you get through it. And you don't want the, you don't want to get to that dark place um, before it's too late in the sense that you haven't been talking to people. You haven't been been social. So that's really my my best advice there is from what I've gathered from other other people that I know that have gotten laid off. It's just the best thing is talking to other people about it and, and just trying to keep your spirits up. I actually, I have three things here that I think would be really useful. Um, number one, a lot like what Kyle said, is utilize your help. Use your parents, use your friends as contacts to not only you know talk about what you're going through, but also see if they have any contacts for, for positions that are friends that are looking for someone to hire. Uh, also utilize like any of your school's resources, use your local help. We have Ascend Indiana here. Indianapolis to help people find jobs and, and LinkedIn as best you can. Uh, number two, when you do find those jobs that you want, I would recommend you know reading what the skills are and the requirements are for that job and um, work towards getting those, whether it be a certification or a class. There are tons of free or super cheap resources online to help you kind of gain those skills or certifications. You just got to do a little bit of research. And then three, what really helped me was creating an Excel sheet that organized everything I was doing, you know, put what company it is, the research that you've done with it, who do you know at that company, who do you potentially know at that company, what your status is, when you applied, when they got back to you. The more that you can organize what you're doing, uh, the more that you can track your progress and see that you are actually doing a lot of good work and it really adds to your hope. Luke, I'm happy you said that last part about the Excel sheet because I did the same thing myself. And it's easy to talk about like the high lofty like network ideas and stuff like that in terms of like staying mentally strong through this and giving advice. But like that Excel sheet for me too was definitely a savior for both keeping track and staying organized, but also being more like mentally sane through the whole thing. Because once a company said we're moving on, then you could just cross them out or mark that cell red or do whatever and move on. You weren't like really reflecting on it. Like, sure, there was a little bit of like, oh, I wasn't good enough. And then you marked it off and you're like, all right, on to the next application, on to the next thing. I've got to keep going because I've got to find a job. So I, I'm glad you brought that point up because that was very crucial for me as well. Yeah, that is that is one thing I regret not doing. In my mind right now, I don't know if I still have five or 20 or 25 applications out there that I just didn't get a response to. Um, Cause I didn't, I didn't track that too cl closely. I just sent out an application and forgot about it. But I think that would have been that. Yeah. That's another point of advice. I would suggest doing that too. 
No, that's huge. It's huge. Uh, taking ownership for, for what it is. Not taking ownership for why you got fired, but taking ownership for what happens next and being positive, turning your, your negatives into, into positivity and setting goals. Like that's what, that's what it's all about. That's what life's all about. I think that's a great way to look at it. Thanks to our loyal listeners for your patience with our updated release schedule and joining us for this episode. Stay tuned for our next release on Peeling the Onion with the one and only Scott Diggers. And from all of us at Overdressed and Underqualified, we hope you are staying safe, healthy, and happy.